Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Min, joined as always by my co-host, Chris Brito, the producer to the stars. I wish we had better news, Chris, but unfortunately, we're here to talk about the Knicks being down 3-1 to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that we both thought was going to move on to the second round and play the Philadelphia 76ers. That has not happened so far. They're having enormous trouble offensively. Chris, what is wrong in this series? Okay, a few things. The Knicks could still pull this off and win this in game seven, like I predicted, but it's not looking great so far. There are a couple of reasons for that. Among them, the Hawks are just a more talented team. I think the Knicks all year have been hitting up. They've always been the less talented team. And I think you can get away with that in the regular season. But in the playoffs, when you have to grind it out against another team that knows all your strengths and weaknesses, it's a lot more difficult. And so you know, the Knicks haven't done a great job of exposing Trey Young on defense. And I think that's really the, the only weakness that is available to them often and available, but they haven't exposed that. That We could chalk it up to one of the things they can improve on for the rest of the series. But, you know, we had a semi-decent Randall game and we still lost by more than 15 points in game four. Granted, it was, in, it, it was in Atlanta, but I think – and I think it's okay, and I think we can look in the mirror and say, you know, the Knicks just aren't as talented right now compared to the Hawks. The Hawks have threats all over the floor whenever they're on – whenever they're playing. Um, and the bench unit that we could say is, was our, one of our, was, is one of our best assets – it's mitigated a bit because now Rose is starting. So that puts a heavier load on Burks, who has, who's, who besides game two hasn't really played as well as he should. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I, I expect to win game five the rest of the series. We'll see how it goes. But what are you thinking in terms of what the Knicks need to do? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, Chris, right? And we said, like, Trey Young is the best player in this series. We were not, you know, fooling ourselves into thinking he wasn't. But the way it's going is he can get anything he wants offensively. And then defensively, where you're supposed to be getting some of those points back, they're not getting a thing. They have Reggie Bullock on him. Reggie stands in the corner waiting for threes. That's his role. And they got to do a better job of getting mismatches and getting, you know, Randall on Trey Young, Derek Rose on Trey Young. Attack him, get him in foul trouble, make him work a little bit. Because you know what? If you make him work a little bit on one end, it may result in hurting his offense on the other end because right now he's hitting long threes, he's hitting floaters, he's hitting jump shots, he's getting to the rim, he's making alley-oops, and he's not having to work on the other end. And we've talked about it for years, and the numbers suggest, Chris, that it's a, co- a two-way competition between him and Kevin Knox for the worst offensive player in the NBA, and we haven't seen that in this series because they're not attacking him. And I feel like, look – they're in this position because of Tom Thibodeau. They're here because they out-hustle teams, as you said, in the regular season. That's why they were the four seed. And now teams are just turning up their intensity. They're, they're saying, all right, it was a 72-game marathon. Now it's time for the sprint. It's time to run. And these teams are, are, are faster and stronger than the Knicks because the Knicks have a lack of talent. But at this point now, Thibodeau's got to step it up. He's got to find a way to attack Trey Young. You know, we're, we're – Clint Capella in this series 
has looked like the Roy Hibbert series eight years ago, where they're afraid to go to the rim, it seems like. And they're settling for a lot, a lot of jumpers. A lot of jumpers that didn't look like good shots in the regular season for Randall went in, and now they're not going in. So, I mean, I'm tossing away his week. People are saying, oh, he's not a, an alpha guy. That's why they're not going in. I think he's having a bad week. I also – the series isn't over. He could have a big game five at the Garden. But when, whether he improves or Barrett, they both had better game fours, they must attack Trey Young in game five. They must. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, that we forget about is that even though the Knicks beat the Hawks, I think in all three games in, during the regular season, I think two of them, they were playing without DeAndre Hunter. And I think the first game is when, you know, the Hawks kind of weren't figure, were, were, were just figuring themselves out. So on the surface, it looked like the Knicks were much better than they were. But in reality, the third game of how that Hawks game played out in the regular season, they were winning that game until Trey Young got hurt. So I was always afraid what was going to happen once they got DeAndre Hunter back, who has proven himself very valuable in this series as well, um, how that would affect Randall. And it's clearly impacted Randall a lot. The thing moving forward that I like most about this team is that we weren't supposed to be here. And we're a very, we're still a young roster, even though we're being led by someone like Derek Rose, who's having, who let me say has been the best part about the Knicks the last few games. In any case, Derek Rose if we, if we if we get another great game from him, another great game from Randall, and contributions from R.J. Barrett and the others, I think we could pull game five, which I expect to win. Um, and that being said, like, it, the Knicks superseded expectations already, so I'm just enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you're kind of thinking, okay, how do they play from here? What do they need to add for the next couple of seasons, what can we learn from this week? And I feel like for one, we've learned that they need more firepower, right? Like Derek Rose has been great. He's averaging what, like 25 a game in these playoffs, but he's not a guy who is going to make others around him better. He's a guy who can get his own points. He is that six man of the year candidate that we needed, but they still need a starting point guard. And that guy is not Alfred Payton. And Tom Thibodeau deserves credit for finally switching the plug there. But they really could use that starting point guard where, as you said, Derrick Rose can go back to the bench with a Burks, which is what they did in the first two games where they killed the Hawks, you know, bench. You know, it was like 50, 60 points to 25 points. So that's what they're going to need to find in the offseason. They're going to need to find a starting point guard. Next thing, what goes on at center? because those first two games were a grinded out defensive game because of Nerland's Noel. He was able to, you know, stop Trey Young as more or less from getting to the rim. Trey Young still had big games, but he wasn't getting everything he wanted. They were more low scoring games. Mm -hmm. Noel, since he had the ankle injury has not been the same. And the Hawks in Atlanta carved the Knicks up. So does that mean Mitchell Robinson next season is that guy? Does that mean you bring Nerland's Noel? To be that guy, is it asking too much for the, one of those guys to be the defensive anchor on this team? So those are, those are the two big questions I want to know. Point guard and center, huge, huge question marks there, but ones that could be solved and could make the Knicks, you know, a much better team next season. Yeah, and 
you got to wonder how we would look if we had Mitchell Robinson back too. Um, but it's it's a moot point at this at, in this. There was talk that he was going to be ready to go, and that was bizarre. He's questionable, he's questionable, and we haven't seen him. And you know now Noel is hurt, so if he was ready to go, he'd be playing right now. You got forty five year old Taj Gibson, God bless his soul, giving us everything he has, but he is not enough to stop this Atlanta Hawks high powered offense. And we always talk about it, right? Offense versus defense. Would you rather be a, a great defensive team with a mediocre offense or a great offensive team with a mediocre defense? A great think, offensive team is up 3-1. I think for a long time you had me debated about that. And I think this is a series that showed has so far shown the advantages of having an offense that is really hard to stop, whereas or, compared to a very limited offense that is predicated on somewhat iso ball in terms of like, depending a lot on Julius. Um, like, I also think if, if the Knicks were smart, they'd start running more. You know, you get a turnover, you get an offense, you get a defensive rebound, you just start running because you know what? They're, they're not set and you have a better chance of getting to the rim. You know, we saw, yeah. we saw in game four, there was that two on one with Reggie Bullock and Barrett right and it turned into a travel it was brutal yeah. and it seems yeah. like right from there they were done like it was the third yeah. quarter and it that the wind got taken out of the sail and um i really believe that shouldn't discourage them they should continue to run they should try to run more mm-hmm. that's how they're going to get open shots because this half court offense to me is, is broken and I, instead of saying let's try to fix our entire offense let's just try a new strategy let's just run the ball. Let's see if we can get more open shots. And you know what? They have the guys to do it. Derrick Rose still has his speed. I've seen, you know, I would say half of R.J. Barrett's points, if not more, are him attacking the rim in transition. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, there's ways to turn this around. This series is not over. It's going to take it's going to take a lot, though, to come out of this. And you just got to win game five. Yeah. I mean, I'm in full agreement there. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people were deceived by the the regular season matchups with the Hawks, but this Hawks team is is, is pretty great. Um, I, I looked back at it, Chris, because we were both like falling for the regular season thing, and I never do that, right? No. I did, I did it. You did. Three and zero against you know the Hawks and the regular season. The Hawks missed a lot of guys, right? They they were missing a lot of their team for most of the year. They really only got fully healthy once Nate McMillan took over. Right. I, That's why the regular season just doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. You it, don't know what it, it does, but it, it, but it, it does though, just because it's the journey, obviously. But in terms yeah, of the, the playoffs, matchups, in right? Terms of yes, the for we sure. We were four and zero against this team. We were zero and four against this team. Throw that out the window. The the play the playoffs are always are always such an interesting beast because they, you know, it's for four to seven games where a team studies the shit out of you, right? Where they know your weaknesses and your strengths and then it's a grinded out war, a grinded out war. The Hawks have figured out the Knicks, um, unfortunately. But I do think in in some, and like we're seeing more more of Gallinari. I don't think I didn't didn't see much of Gallinari, the regular season matchups with the Knicks there. And DeAndre Hunter. He's Donovich, been, he can play. And you know what? 
John, imagine John Collins dude, is nine points a game in this series or something crazy like that. Like, what if he got going? You know, th yeah. there's still more improvement for them to go. So it's a little scary right now, but at the same time, it's the playoffs. You take one game at a time. You win game five and at, at home in the garden, very possible. Then all of a sudden, you, all you have to do is just win game six. And then you're back home in the garden, game seven. Anything can happen in a game seven, but one game at a time. That's right. And imagine if Bogey was on the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that would give them a much better chance to beat the Nets, I would think. And I would think the Knicks have a much better chance. Because it seems like there's always one shooter open. Like, there's always one of these guys open. They just have too many shooters. Well, that's, that's what, what I want. You have the luxury of someone like Trey Young who attracts so much attention. Um, anyway. Absolutely. Game five, man. Big game. The biggest game of the, of the season for the Knicks. Game five, that is right. Uh, all right, so let's get to our final thoughts. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's been interesting around the rest of the playoffs right after this. Okay, Chris, final thoughts time. Uh, for me, the Lakers-Suns series has been the most interesting in that nobody's been healthy. Yeah, Chris Paul go down, now Anthony Davis is hurt. We still don't know what LeBron James's health is. I have no idea how to evaluate this series because I kind of thought Lakers in six right from the beginning. Then Chris Paul gets hurt, and I'm like, all right, Lakers are going to take this thing in less games. Then Anthony Davis is hurt, and the Suns win game four. What do, how do we evaluate this series? Well, I think clearly the, the Lakers need more time to get things together in terms of their health. Like, even before the injury, Anthony Davis was like he, – he killed it in the first in, – in the game – in game two and game three. Um, but it seemed to me like, you know – all of them were like still trying to get things together, even though they like look great. Um, I don't know, man. I like right now you kind of have to give the Suns a little bit of an edge here. Yeah, no, uh, I'm still taking the Lakers. I just think they're the better team. And Anthony Davis has not gotten going in this series yet. And they still have been pretty good. And you know what? This is an opportunity for a guy like Montrez Harrell, who has been a, DNP the last few games coach's decision to come yeah. in and step up and, and get it done so I'm still going to take the Lakers it just might take an extra game uh last thing I want to talk about is Chris what is going on with these fans we had a fan throw stuff at Russell popcorn at Russell Westbrook we had a fan spit on Trey Young uh this morning Emmanuel quickly said after game two of, of fans were a beer at him like, and, and, can, and somebody threw and a, a bottle, bottle Kyrie with Kyrie, I mean, Chris, this is disgusting behavior. This is, you know, this is not a, I mean, I don't even know how to describe this. This is just disgusting. And I understand people have been locked up in their homes for a year, but that doesn't mean start acting like animals and start throwing things. And you know what? It's just Now it, it seems like are, they're getting attention and more people are doing it. These are people who clearly feel entitled that the players owe them something or I don't know what it is, but you got to chalk it up to ignorance and like people who think that they own players and the product that's they're being like, obviously you pay ticket to go there and it's a lot of money, but none of that gives you the right to act like an idiot. Yeah. And it's like, they're banned for life. They're all been banned for life. And you, you're talking about some potentially could be arrested and it still seems like that's not enough of a punishment to get people to stop doing this. I don't know what else we could do 
to stop this kind of behavior from happening because it's disgusting. Cool. You heard people saying racial obscenities to uh, John Morant's parents in Utah. Like, this is not okay behavior. Well, that's what you do. You arrest them. I think that's easily the best way to never have people do that. I mean, you arrest them and it's like, okay, like, you're going to do that? All right. S spend a few days in jail and see if you do it again. And I again, like, there's 15,000 people. people in these arenas. So like, the, you can't just like tell everybody go home because of a few bad apples, but there has to be a way to stop this and to say this is unacceptable. And I think arresting them is the right call. I just, I hope that's enough because so far it hasn't been. Yeah, and I think, I think this one, the, the person who threw the water bottle at Kyrie, I think is facing arrest or something like that. And yeah. it's been disgusting the whole, I mean, seeing that subplot kind of unfold in like, you know, we're finally getting back to, nor to normal, quote unquote. I, that's not the normal that I want, you know, that yeah. I want to be part of. You it's, know? Uh, it's funny that uh, I think it was Jesus and Mero who said it, said like, okay, if, if a fan gets caught doing this, you have the player who gets like attacked 20 seconds, just go attack them. And like, you can't actually do this, but like that would stop this right away. You'd have a malice at the palace. It'd be a disaster. And no one would ever do this again because, you know, you're going to throw a, a water bottle at Kyrie Irving or, or popcorn at Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook will kill you. Like, yeah. <laughs> stupid fans. So, you I wanna, mean, that's you not the fight. answer. More violence is not the answer, but it is a funny thought. You want to fight with a guy who's six foot five and the be better athletic shape than you and, and taller angry. and stronger? And angry. And angry? Yeah, I'm good. Oh man, that would be uh that would be something to watch, and uh, I feel like Russell Westbrook deserves to get out some frustration in a '03 series hole, and uh, people are throwing popcorn at him in Philly. Let him let him go hurt somebody. We'll see if uh we'll see if some fans are uh eager to throw popcorn again. But that is gonna do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. We'll be back in the next couple of days to recap what goes on, win or lose, with the Knicks series. We're also gonna break down the rest of the NBA playoffs. Some interesting matchups coming up in the second round. I'm really excited to talk Nets Bucks with you, Chris. Is there anything else we can add before we wrap up the show? No, we just have to wait for the Nets to beat Celtics. And, uh, and that's it, man. I'm excited for the playoffs so far. It's been, after a really promising start, I think a lot of these series have, we kind of know what the outcome is going to be. Especially in the East. But uh, thank you for listening, and let's go Knicks. Let's go. Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my.